out there to all people and resourceful prop masters. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is Just Cortland. How are you doing, Just Cortland? God, I'm so boring today, Brandon. Yawn. One week only. Oh, God, I can't, I can't do it. I gotta go. I can't do it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I need you. After all these years of season two. Yeah, we're finally... We're finally, yeah, finally over that hump, and we're uh, we're in this season three goodness. Mm, yeah, I've heard mixed yeah. things about season three, so I'm, I don't know. Let's see what happens. I mean, this episode itself. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll, oh, we'll get to it. Oh boy, this episode. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, how are you doing, Brandon? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Doing doing not too shabby. That's good. That's good. How's your week yeah. been? It's been good. You know, we had Easter since since the last time we spoke. Easter is good. Yeah. Yeah, Easter is good. Once again, I dressed up as the oh Easter God. bunny. You didn't send me any fucking pictures, though. No, I didn't. You want to know why? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I can only wear that Easter bunny costume for like 20 seconds before oh I have to tear it off of me i don't know how people do that Cortland. people whose job is to just be in that all day how hot and sweaty were you oh my god it was like it sounded like velcro when i was taking the (laughs) taking the costume off like just just having the head on alone you're just you can't breathe and wow it's it's hot sweaty it's so no like, good. did you take the hot costume off in front of your children, like traumatizing them, or what? <laughs> yeah, just like tearing out of it like a xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, no, Brandon. but uh, yeah, let's just you do it for the kids, you know? Yeah. Sure. So, do you dress up as Santa for Christmas too, or what? Oh, hell no. Hell oh, what? No. Okay. Oh, but the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep that magic alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dress up as the Tooth Fairy too, but oh, okay, beautiful. That Just... costume's you know a little skimpier. It's all right. Oh my god! So basically, like Larry the Cable Guy when he played the Tooth Fairy. Or wait, are we talking Dwayne the Wa- the Rock Johnson? Did he play the Tooth Fairy too? Yes, they both played the Tooth Fairy mm-hmm. in different movies. Right, right, okay. And then your movie came out. <laughs> Nobody watched it. I know it's it's sad, but. We'll have That's to erase why. that one from the history books of Brandon's <laughs> autobiography. <laughs> I've been trying to get my Easter Bunny movie made every year, but I don't know. I don't know why I do it. Cortland? Yeah. How's your week been? Um, Yeah, my week's been annoying. Pretty boring. I gotta get roof people out to look at my roof. I gotta get window people to look out my window because Lance threw a VR controller <laughs> through it. <laughs> Which you can hear in the last episode. <laughs> it happened live. Wow. While that we was, recorded. That was wild. Yeah. Then my lazy boy chair broke, so I gotta fix that still. Oh. It's been a week, Brandon. A lot of very expensive week. <laughs> yeah, shit happens like that. It always happens in a series. It's really stupid. Thank God we have this podcast to chronicle all the trials and tribulations of my home home ownership. Yeah. All the <laughs> Rooms taken over by bees and yep, bee room. Uh, what was that? Flooded, flooded crawl spaces. Yep, yep, yep. Ah, everybody gets to enjoy the good, the bad, and the horrible about owning 
my home. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put all this knowledge to good use. Yeah, right. Whatever. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, it's been really, it's been a meh week. I've been just kind of waiting for the weekend so we can record podcasts. My joy. Sick. Oh, you know what, though? I did stream some Dead by Daylight the other day. And um, it was really good. We had a lot of people that came in and chatted, and I got a bunch of like subscriptions and stuff for it. Um, Mister nice. Normal One Two Three, who we answered a couple of questions for him on Twitch, he uh, came in and was fucking Santa Claus about it. It was really great. Like I was like, no, please stop, but he just kept giving. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it went really well. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And then I watched this episode, Brandon. <laughs> oh yeah, and then your week just got better. It's fine. This episode's a... All right. Well, let's talk about it. Cortland. All right. What did you think of the season three premiere, Shocker on Shock Street? Well, I got to say, Brandon, at first I loved it um, because Mm -hmm. there's... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to spoil something really quick here, but it's in literally the opening scene here. There's so many props from other Goosebump episodes in this episode that it was awesome. But the acting in this episode is is pretty atrocious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of stuff it's that a, like doesn't happen yeah it's a very very mixed bag um like on one hand i really enjoyed it on the other hand i'm like i don't know if i like this it's really hard to, to figure out what my feelings are hopefully we can talk through it and see how i truly felt all right we'll get to the bottom of your feelings definitely yeah. um i think this episode has a strong concept uh i love mm, yeah you know theme parks gone crazy you know, the Simpsons episode, Itchy and Scratchy Land. I think Westworld is something like that. I don't know. I haven't Ooh, seen interesting. it. Uh, yeah, it's cool. But uh, there is some, some not great things. And like you said, the acting. Oof. Um, yeah. Which is, you know what, though? That's kind of weird, though, because doesn't this season have Welcome to Horror Land in it? Isn't that a really, really big episode? Like, really big concept for Goosebumps? So it's kind of weird that we have, like, two theme parky episodes in the season right am i jumping ahead of myself here you're not jumping ahead i don't know which season that's in but it wouldn't surprise me if it was in this season i think it, <laughs> and, I think uh, it is because we haven't gotten into it yet and let's be honest here brand we don't have a lot of goosebumps left no no we're we're over halfway done in actual episode count i think and I don't know. It feels like uh, every other week there's a mummy episode or... Yeah, there's going to be like six werewolf episodes probably this season. Like 90% um, of the episodes take place in a swamp. Everybody's going to get invisible. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we'll get to that. Uh, Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about this episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, So this episode begins, Cortland, without... Your boy, Arl Stein. Nope, he said, fuck season three. He's gone. Never again. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so this episode begins with a collection of masks on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And these masks, Cortland, we've seen them before. We've seen a lot of them, and they all look really good. So we've got haunted masks, we've got the creep mask... And uh, there's a mummy there, I think. Yep, I do. I did see the mummy from um, Don't Wake Mummy was in it too. Yeah, and uh, there, there was like the uh, the other 
haunted masks, the, what are they called? The unloved ones. Unloved ones, yes. Yeah. The, I didn't see Carly Bess haunted mask, but I did see the prime haunted mask 2 mask. Old ass mask. And then a, a couple of the other unloved masks that nobody wanted to put on. So they just floated around and was like, Carly Bess, lasagna Carly Bess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool to see those again. Um, I'm sure it was just a matter of like, hey, we've got these around. Uh, yeah, they're like the story, the story calls for masks, and we have them. That they this episode was like, hey, we got all these props. Let's put them back in an episode for some reason. Yeah, well, there's props in this episode, so it's good. It's good. It's good that they used those prop heavy episode. A boy and a girl slowly creep into the room, and the boy Marty tells the girl Aaron. That her dad is going to murder them if he finds them in this room. Oh, shit. Okay. <sighs> yeah, it's intense. She says, it'll be okay, unless you're too scared. Oh, boy. Uh, well, you just set the tone for how terrible of an actress this, this girl is. Um, the boy, though, that is uh, Josh from Welcome to Dead House, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. I, it was hard for me to tell immediately because his mullet has been shredded from his head. It is a <laughs> buzz cut hair. <laughs> yeah, he's been neutered. <laughs> he was like, mullet no more. I can't do it. Shaved it completely off. Yeah, so it's nigh unrecognizable. Uh, he He fares better in this episode than Aaron does for sure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like she drags him down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I feel the same way. But you know what? Um, I don't want to spoil anything too much because this is only like a thirty-year-old episode. The the kind of the twist of this episode, I get like I can forgive the bad acting because of it, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. But I think you're giving her too much credit. Uh, I know, I know, I know. She's yeah, a it wasn't act. a choice. She's just terrible. <laughs> she took uh, her role very seriously. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe the casting agent was like, you know, let's look for somebody terrible. I don't know. Nah. And then they got this star fucking and kid. They're like, you can have the Lily, role, but you got to shave your mullet. It's like oh, Lily from right. My Hairiest Adventure wasn't available for some reason. Odd, odd, odd. So Marty says that he's not scared, and then turns his head right into one of the masks and gasps. Oh, scary stuff. It's a good mask, it though. Is. It is. All these masks look very good. Whoever the mask maker was for Goosebumps, like, perfect. Ooh, you know what? I did talk to the prop master for Goosebumps on Twitter, and he um, may or may not show up on the show at some point. I gotta reach back out to him. Alright, well, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. Aaron sees Marty getting scared and is like, You're not scared? Right. The two keep looking around some more, and we see that old patented Goosebumps creeper cam of somebody watching them from behind some shelves. Perfection. Marty sees something off screen and goes, Oh my god, Aaron, look! She asks what it is, and we see a movie poster for something called Electric Eel Woman. Mm, That sounds like one of the movies that, um... What's his name from... What was the character from... Blobby, Abroy? Alex, right? I I couldn't tell you. It reminds me of one of the movies that that one kid from The Blob That Ate Everybody would pick up and be like, I may or may not rent this one day. Yeah, I love these fake movies. Pretty great. Electric Eel Woman. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, like, the picture is, like, a purple 
Bowser from Mario looking thing. <laughs> yeah. What I love about the poster, though, is like the font that says Electric Eel Woman is like a really flowery cursive script that doesn't really fit. Maybe the Electric Eel Woman is just like a misguided monster that just is looking for some love yeah. with its face of mostly mouth full of teeth. It's it's a Lifetime original movie. Electric <laughs> Eel Woman. Gorgeous. Marty sees another poster for a movie called Attack of the Piranha People. Mm. And this one's, uh, you know, it's just piranhas on people's bodies. Nah, typical. This is like the sci-fi, sci-fi movies from the early 2000s, like Velociraptor or whatever, and Mosquito Man. Mansquito. <laughs> Can't believe I fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, Classic I'm name. sure. Anonymousaurus I'm sure this actually exists. Marty tells Aaron that these are all Shocker on Shock Street films. And Aaron already knows this because, like, this is presumably her house. Right. Aaron's dad does special effects for the Shocker movie studios. Aaron says, He's very creative. An engineering genius. Hmm. Okay. Then she notices a mannequin of a Black Lagoon-looking monster and goes, I've never seen this one before. Marty goes up and pokes the lake monster-looking thing in the face and says that, it looks so real. Aaron tells him, That's what makes a Shaka movie so good. Oh my god, Aaron, shut up. I can't believe we have to spend this whole episode with her. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I could stop uh, doing the voice, but I'm not going to. No, don't. It adds to her. <laughs> it adds to everything, Brandon. You're good. It's, it's so uh, accurate. We get some more creeper cam, and Marty says that it feels like he's being watched. Aaron assures him that the monsters are fake, and they walk off to look at some other shit. When they do, we see the monster that they were looking at move to watch them. Marty walks off and picks up a werewolf head. Was this werewolf head the one from Fever Swamp? I didn't, like, go back and look, but how many werewolf heads do they have there? It might be. Probably is. Maybe it'll be a different werewolf episode later in the season. (laughs) Maybe... The kids hear a sound behind them, and the lagoon monster moves again. But they got other problems, because the werewolf head's eyes turn red, and it starts thrashing around a bit. Marty goes, I thought you said this was fake! A hairy werewolf arm starts moving and grabs Aaron. She and Marty both scream that they can't get it off, and that it's too strong. But eventually, the skin on the wolf arm rolls away, revealing a hydraulic skeleton underneath. It's a Terminator, Cortland. <laughs> it's a learning computer. We see someone with an RC car remote control flip a switch, and the arm stops moving. Out walks a gray-haired Albert Einstein-looking guy in a shockingly bright yellow lab coat. Yeah, it's like a fucking raincoat. This guy reminds <laughs> me of uh, Dr. Frankenstein, I think his name was, from Dawn of the... No, from Day of the Dead. Hmm. I'll have to go look at a picture of him. Well, it's kind of looking like this guy, except instead of a bright yellow lab coat, which doesn't exist, he wears a white lab coat, like a normal person. (laughs) Alright, so he's like a less crazy version of this guy. Yeah. Little well, little better acted guy. Oh. This guy laughs and says, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Aaron says, oh, sweet goodness, Dad, you almost scared my friend to death. Oh, Lord. Dad picks up the werewolf arm and demands that Marty touch it, but Marty refuses. <laughs> it's like, it's touch it, Marty. Joke, Marty. Touch my Come hand. On. Touch it. <laughs> touch it, Marty. 
<laughs> Dad says, Well, I just figured since you guys decided to invade my workshop, I'd test out some of my new stuff. So weird. Yeah, he is weird. Marty asks if everything there is his creation, and Dad says, Marty, my boy, this is my kingdom. I create the monsters that give children nightmares. All right, He's very cool. proud of that. Yeah, he is. Dad picks up the creep head and says, Remember the Toadinator? Marty does. I don't. Tell me more. Toadinator. That's, That's I don't know. All of his uh, movies <laughs> just seem to be human-animal hybrids. He's the one that made all the movies for sci-fi in the early 2000s. He's Dr. Moreau. Then Dad goes and grabs a King Cobra human hybrid mask and says, Then there was Snake Face. I like Snake Face. I kind of hope that we get to see Snake Face later. Like, my hope yeah, is that, that some of cool. these show up in episodes in season three. Little previews? Yeah. Well, no no big spoilers, but that does happen. Oh, does it? Okay. So after after Dad shows that Snake Face, <laughs> snake face Aaron goes, He loves Rami. Okay. She's so fucking bad, Cortland. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah. Good lord. Can't wait to see what else she was in. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> Dad says, these are my children, Marty. All of them. Okay. Then his child sees some glowing in the next room and says, hey, Dad, what's in that room? Dad runs in front of her and locks the door, saying, don't you fucking ever go in that room, you hear me? It's off limits! Don't you even go in the basement! Dad's in basements. They just... Nope. No. No we bueno. Just, uh, yeah. You can't do it. It's like, don't touch the thermostat, don't go in the basement. Mm-hmm. I don't have a basement, but I'm always like, don't even think about going in the basement. It's flooded. <laughs> <laughs> Dad tries to break the tension by giving Aaron a little toy vehicle yeah i was like what the fuck is going on now what is this yeah so he goes from like straight up out of there and then he's like he's a toy i got a little present for you (laughs) it's a little tiny car and she's like "Ooh, yay (laughs) they both are they're really excited about this (laughs) tiny tram car (laughs) yeah she is like a tram car huh And Dad tells her it's a model for the tram for the new Shocker Studios tour ride. Whoa. Marty practically pisses his pants with excitement. And Dad (laughs) then says that they are going to be the first two kids to ride it. And Marty goes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, he does. It's hilarious. Dad shows them a model of the ride and tells the kids it has all the monsters from the Shock Street series and even takes them down to Shock Street itself. Marty says that he hopes that shit is so scary. And Aaron asks if Mom can come along too. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The music stings a bit and Dad's smile drops. (laughs) <laughs> There's a very tense silence, and Dad goes, Excuse me? Right. Aaron says, Can Mom come? <laughs> and Dad snatches the model tram back and says, No! You two will be the only ones on the ride. <laughs> what the fuck it's is so that? It's so insane. <laughs> Just watching this for the first time, it's like, what the fuck? I don't... Did he murder Mom? Oh. <sighs> I'm sure it'll pay off in the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Can you imagine if they just didn't mention this again? Mom's gonna come out, save the day. And Dad goes, shall we? And then it transitions very suddenly to a Dutch angle shot of the sign for the Shocker Studios tour ride. And we hear a little witch laughing in the background. And this this building that they show, it looks like a just a shitty metal shed. Yep, it does. Very low budget. Inside the low budget looking shed where the ride is, Dad stands at a control board and he presses a button. The kids watch as a rickety tram car rolls along the track toward them. There's a neon green skeleton on the front, and it says, Rider beware, you're in for a scare. Get it? Because it's goosebumps. I get it, and it's dumb. (laughs) Look, they don't have Arlstein. They need something (laughs) goosebumps in this, okay? All right, all right. (laughs) Uh, It's fine. I mean, we're going to totally get a giant praying mantis, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, you'll get that for sure. I mean, it's like the main part of the book. I, it was it was the book, right? That was all the cover was, was basically a giant praying mantis. So, obviously, and of course, that praying mantis is totally going to show up on Shock Street. Yeah, like 75 of the 78 pages of the book are all about those giant praying mantises. Can't wait for him to show me its full-on praying mantis glory in this episode. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Well, let's get to it. Aaron takes her seat and tells Marty... No lineups, no crowds. Now this is the way to see an amusement park. Dad stands in front of the tram and tells the kids, no matter what happens, do not get out of the tram. It's very pushy. He is. (laughs) He's letting them go on this ride, which they seem excited about, but everything else is like... He's like, don't look at anything, don't open your eyes, don't touch anything. Your existence is a burden to me. Yeah. Stay out of my way. Aaron asks him, Way, we can't walk down Shock Street. And Dad gets that same serious tone from before and says, Absolutely fucking not. Are you kidding me? No. You don't want him to mess up all the sweet props he has set up on Shock Street, like the giant praying mantis, you know? Yeah. Eel woman, uh, dog Par- woman, piranha people, swamp thing. No, that's probably copyrighted. Swamp. Never mind. Let's just Person. keep going. Yeah. All right. Swamp individual. <laughs> Dad then walks off and grabs something from his control podium. He comes back to the kids and says, If you get into trouble, use these guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. What the hell? Yep. He's like, Get trouble, shoot it. <laughs> so, I was like, Is this going to be Laser Maze again? <laughs> Kind of. So yeah, these are laser guns. So that's their uh, not getting banned from TV excuse. But like, the guns. Imagine going on a ride and someone being like, "All right, look, if shit goes down, blast it. Here's your guns." <laughs> I'd be cool with that, just in case. <laughs> in case I fucked up and your life is in danger, here's some guns. <laughs> Enjoy, but don't get up. Don't touch anything. Yeah. Don't touch the guns either. Here's a first aid kit. You're going to need it. Uh, here's a flare gun. Here's food rations. Here's how to filter your urine into drinkable water. You're going to need that for sure. Don't lose it. The ride takes off, and they start riding through the dark. A bunch of hands reach out and start grabbing them. Yeah, that seems illegal. Yeah, it's like the labyrinth. That part with all the hands grab Sarah. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess they're all supposed to be animatronic. Everything's supposed to be animatronic. But anyway, then that's just over, and they arrive in another little room. And they look around, anticipating the next scare. But then, fucking fire just shoots out from yeah. all sides. Yeah, fire just whips them in the face and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not animatronic fire. <laughs> it's fire. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't shoot fire. It's not going to help you. This is worse than the fire. I mean, it's not because it's not real, but it's worse than the fire in Zebo's laughing in the dark ride. You know, this fire just comes out, slaps the kids in the face as they're screaming. <laughs> yeah. So with Zebo, it was real fire, but it was just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is not real fire. It's, you know, fake fire effects. But it's a lot of it. And I it, I think yeah. in-universe, it's supposed to be real. Right. They yeah. just failed at making it look real. Exactly. Yep. The kids scream, and then that's just over. They round <laughs> the next corner of another little room, and then the train stops. They look around, wondering what's the hubba, and then we hear a voice say, Say goodnight, Freddy! Then we see a zombie prison guard flipping the switch as a zombie inmate convulses in an electric chair. Yeah, okay, sure. It's wild. They scream again, and then that's just over. Mm -hmm. They appear in another little room, and scarecrows appear and start attacking them with farm equipment. I can't believe you got scarecrows in another episode, Brandon. I know. (laughs) And you probably were just eating this shit up. (laughs) It is the scarecrows from the scarecrows. What is what is that one? Scarecrows Scarecrow chilling at midnight. Scarecrow stalks at midnight. Yeah, walks, but yeah, walks. See, I'm confusing it with the Benicula sequel. Oh right, we did talk it happens about all that the time. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, too much, too many times. I think <laughs> got to replace you soon. Yeah. So this episode just got a big boost. Ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, then that's just over, and they appear in front of a hallway, and a woman's voice tells them, Beware, you're entering the Tunnel of Doom. Okay. They get closer to the end of the hallway, where what I guess is supposed to be a hologram of a monster uh, just laughs. And it's the same mask from, like, the guy sitting in the electric chair. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's Freddy. The kids scream... And move to avoid the monster. But then some doors open up and they just move past it. Okay. What a ride. Yeah, so that's just over. Then the tram stops again. Marty turns to Aaron and says, Aaron, we're not moving. Oh boy. And here we are. This is about ten minutes of them just chilling, saying they're not moving. Oh boy. Yeah, it's most of the episode. The rest is giant praying mantis, surely. Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Aaron calls out for anybody to help them, but gets no response. Marty tells her, I'm not just going to sit here, and gets out of his seat. Lights start flashing, and alarms are blaring. An automated voice tells him to sit his ass down, so he does. Yeah, I love that when he gets up, like, alarms start going off, and then above them on, like, the tunnel is just a sign that says, like, get back in your seat, as if, like, this is... Do they just staple those signs all over the place, or what? I guess, in case you get out of your seat at any point. But there are also parts where the ride stops. And, like, the first time it stopped, he was like, ooh, what is this? But this time he's just like, all right, that's it. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, they they sit there for, like, maybe three seconds, and they're like, all right, I'm (laughs) out. 
<laughs> He's like, it's broken, even though the ride has stopped before. So there's precedent for it being part of the ride. Oh, whatever. Marty takes matters into his own hands. Yeah, he's just like, we're trapped. Trapped like the rats. <laughs> he's got to get out of there. Aaron reminds Marty that her dad said to never get out of the tram. And Marty says, well, he probably didn't expect the ride to break. And he stands back up, causing the alarms to go off again. <sighs> Marty starts trying to push the tram and asks Aaron to help him. They can't move it, of course, because why would they? So Marty declares that it's broken down. They decide to just walk back, and Aaron remembers to run back and grab their guns. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to walk through that tunnel of fire. I don't think they're going to make it if they're just walking on foot. It's going to slap them in the face and pretty much burn yeah. them to crisp. Should have thought about that. While walking in the dark, there's some screeching sounds, and Marty says, That sounds like bats. I hate bats. Then some bats drop down and flop around their faces for a bit, and they scream. <laughs> it's a good thing Marty shaved off that mullet from last episode, or else those bats would have been chopping oh, on his head, getting stuck in he his head. He would have had a mullet full of bats. Oh, man. Are, are these man. bats... Are these bats supposed to be animatronic? Like, they're not mm, just... Guess. They're not rubber bats on string or anything. They're like... I don't know, robot drone bats flying around. Yeah, they're basically drones, I guess. Yeah, with laser guns attached to them, probably. Dad sweet. loves his laser guns. He gives laser guns to everybody. <laughs> Here, take this. It's a laser gun. You're going to Go to school, it. take this laser gun. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Uh, then the bats are gone. That's just over, and they keep moving. In the next area, they hear another strange sound and ask what that was. Oh, what was that? <laughs> then a creep monster with glowing red robot eyes comes out and hisses at them. <laughs> okay, and then what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Cor- what? I think it was at this point where I, when I was writing the notes for this episode, Did you get I bored? was just like, every fucking scene is them just like entering a new part of the ride. They hear a sound and go, what was that? Then something pops out, they scream, and then it just moves to the next area. And that happens like 20 times in a row. Yeah, well, this is like the halfway point, And that's <laughs> oh. basically still all that happens in the rest of the episode. Yeah, it is. It really is. This was the worst episode to write notes for. Oh, I can't imagine how boring it was. <laughs> and I, like, this isn't a bad episode like i don't i don't, didn't hate watching it but just writing the notes it was like oh my god how many times can i say <laughs> they come to a room they hear a sound monster pops out they scream then that's over <laughs> <laughs> so many times Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite prop master. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we got. We're so thankful for you spending some time with us. We are so excited to get into season three of Goosebumps. I've heard some really good things about this season, as well as some not so good things, and I really can't wait to experience it all with you guys. If you'd like to support our show, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. We have a lot of bonus content available, like early release episodes, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Tristan, Sarah, Redemption, Eddie, and Venice Witch, the Silver Goth Shane, Stephen, Matt, Gerilyn, Aaron, Brittany, and newest patron Kyle, the Golden Day Days, Sarah, Matt, Faith, Derek, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Looking for more laughs? Check us out on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island. We post new content all the time for every episode that we cover. You can join us on our Discord or our Facebook group too. Just search Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. You can join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram to watch full-length episodes of the shows with us. So Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and more. We're always looking for new podcasts to cross-promote with, so if you're interested, just email us your promo to privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Of course, we're always taking questions too, so you can ask us anything you'd like anytime. Just give us an email. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. I hope you really enjoy his Season 3 artwork. Thanks again for listening in, everybody. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Marty busts out his gat and shoots some truly terrible-looking laser beams at the monster. <laughs> I like it, because the laser beam hits the creep, and it just kind of like looks at where it got hit. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He seems mildly annoyed by this, but enough, I guess, to back off. The kids keep moving and arrive back at the Tunnel of Doom. To move on, they need a way to open the gate. Aaron sees a big glowing button that says, press here in case of emergency. Oh, convenient. Okay. Yeah. More laser guns probably pop out. (laughs) So Aaron presses the button and a door opens. When they walk through it, they appear outside in the middle of an empty fake town square looking area. Aaron says, hey, this is Shock Street. Dad told us not to go to Shock Street. We have to get the fuck out of here. But Marty recognizes the location from one of the Shock Street movies and runs off. Yeah, so he's like, holy shit, this looks just like Shock Street. And then we get a panning shot of, like, a really boring looking set that has, like, neon greenish yellow mushrooms for some reason. Mm -hmm. It's got, like, a popcorn cart. Just some random buildings that are really close together. Super boring looking. Yeah, like a, so there's a tombstone for some reason. I don't, I don't know. know if this is like a recreation of Shock Street or if this is where they're meant to actually film the Shock Street movies. I think it's the later, yeah. But if it's that one, like, that's bad. <laughs> These movies must really suck. Yeah. Marty walks up to a statue and goes, Aaron, this is where the Toadnair devoured those two bullies. And remember in the attack of the Gopher people where the sheriff eats his lunch? Okay. <laughs> Such a memorable scene, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Whoa, he's eating his lunch. He's doing it. <laughs> Check that out. Subway. <laughs> but Aaron isn't interested. She calls out for her dad. Marty is like, what are you doing? Aaron tells him that she has a feeling something is wrong and wants to get back. She's like, I have a feeling there's going to be a giant praying mantis any moment. <laughs> It's going to come out, I promise. Like, definitely. Yeah. Any moment. Just wait for it. Keep waiting. They Uh, wouldn't not have it in this episode. It's on the cover. 
Exactly. Right? My <laughs> expectations are through the roof. I can't wait for the giant praying mantis. Aaron wants to get back, so Marty's solution is to run up to a building that has a sign that says Eruptor and oh, goes, yeah. how about in here? Yeah, that sounds legit. Okay. <laughs> he opens the door, and it's just all fire inside. Sure. Just a room of fire. Yep. And it's just like the movies, allegedly. Yeah. That's <laughs> just like the movies. What movie just has a room full of fire? Uh, I don't know. It reminds me of the scene in Spider-Man 2 where he goes and rescues the kids from the building of fire. But See, that has action and mm-hmm. plot. This is just a room of fire. <laughs> like, imagine going to an amusement park. And one of the attractions is just a room of fire. Like, you can't go in it. It's not like, ooh, experience a room full of fire. No, you just open it up, go, that's fire, and close the door again. Yep. That's <sighs> what they do. Well, yep, that's over. And they keep moving to look at other stuff. They try another building and open the door, and it's just lightning strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some it's a night sky. <laughs> it's a night sky with lightning strikes. Right. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's all dad, the elements. You open a dad door. Can harness there's the power wind. I, I guess. There's love in another one. Oh my god. Captain Planets in the third. <laughs> With all the buildings combined. <laughs> Aaron seriously wants to go back, but Marty notices an arcade and tells her, maybe this will get us out of here. <laughs> sure. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> he's not trying at all. No. And it's funny because he's like pretending like he is trying to get back. But it's like, maybe if we go play at the arcade, that'll get us back somehow. Makes no fucking sense. Inside the entrance to the arcade, there's an elevator. Like right away. You just walk in and it's an elevator. Just like every arcade we've ever been to. Yes, yep. They don't hesitate to get in that elevator either. No. They get inside, and when they come out of the elevator, they're in a basement filled with toxic waste. Marty wants to go play with it, but it's surrounded by a fence that has a high-voltage sign on it. Classic. Aaron voices her concern, but Marty tells her it's all part of the ride, and asks when she became such a wimp. She was born that way. Marty tells her, I'm getting my toxic waste, <laughs> and approaches the fence. A monster comes and grabs him through a hole, and the fence starts sparking and zapping. After a bit of a struggle, it lets him go, and he walks off. Marty is lying on the ground as Aaron approaches him. She asks if he's okay, and he tells her, I can feel those volts tripping through my body. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah. one time, I one time my friend had an electric fence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he had, like, some pheasants in it or something, and he was like, I dare you to touch it. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> you did? I did, yeah. He was like, you gotta grab it with two hands so it grounds you on the ground and it won't shock you. And I was like, yeah, that's legit. So I grabbed <laughs> it, and I could I could feel the electricity ripping through my body, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> what did it actually feel like? Uh, it wasn't that bad. It was just, like, a little bit of a shock. It was, like, a little more than, like, a static shock blast. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like Jurassic Park where I was like... <laughs> That's what I imagine it's like. It was not like that at all. I wouldn't do it again, though. <laughs> no, I mean, that's wise. Fool me once. I was a one and dunner for those t- electric fences. 
Yeah, you've crossed that off your bucket list. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it again. Aaron wants to go, but when they get to the elevator, it's not operational. They go another direction, and Aaron asks, Why would my dad put real electricity on that fence? I think I know why. That toxic creep was no special effect. He was real. Why would my dad make a room of fire and also a room of thunderstorms, I guess? I'm starting to think my dad's crazy. He's a danger to himself and others. Why did my dad give us literal guns? Hmm. (laughs) We should report my dad to the highest authorities. (laughs) He's an enemy of the state. They don't do that, though. (laughs) No. Marty asks, He was real, all right. Why would your dad create real monsters? Aaron doesn't know. They move on. And in the next room, Aaron thinks she hears footsteps. Oh, that's weird. Then, a piranha person jumps out. (sighs) Yeah. Yep. And it just roars at them for a long time. Giving them time to talk. Roars at them in, like, 25 frames per second. It's way less than that. It's like 12 frames per second. (laughs) So every time it cuts to the kids, it's normal, you know, 24 frames per second. And then it cuts back to the monster and it's like a slideshow. like, And then it cuts back to the kids and it's normal again. It does that like 30 times. So, uh, yeah. The kids debate whether the monster is real or fake. And Marty says that there's only one way to find out. He approaches the monster and grabs for its head. But it roars at him and he backs off. He learned nothing from the fence, did he? This is this piranha monster, like for at least like a minute, two minutes tops, just stands there and roars, doing nothing else. Mm-hmm. As the kids are like, I wonder if it's real. I don't know. Let's touch its head. No, yeah, it looks real. Okay, what do we do next? It is not a threat to them. No. They could just walk away casually. Aaron then reminds Marty about the guns. He whips out his pistol and And Aaron warns the monster to back off or he'll shoot. Yep, guns solve everything. Moral of the story. (laughs) Well, the next thing that happens. He goes to fire the gun, but nothing happens. What? So, they run off. Yeah, he's all like, this junk is busted! And then I think he throws the gun at the monster. Yeah, he's like, man, this is whack. (laughs) The monster... The monster continues to just stand there and roar while the kids run through an abandoned factory. Aaron finds another elevator that says Shock Street above it. But Marty gets grabbed by the Piranha Man who's caught up with them somehow. He took a break from roaring. The thing is about uh, if you're running and you're only running in 12 frames per second, you actually are faster. Oh, wow. It's kind of like skipping through time a little bit. Life hack. The Piranha Man bites onto Marty's hoodie, and Marty runs away, pulling the monster's head off with him. That must not be on there very well. No. There's a shoddy mechanic at best. (laughs) Yeah. So the head rips off, and it reveals robot circuitry inside. The kids get the hell out of there and run into the elevator. They Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom into that elevator. Just barely make it. We cut to a control room. Where Aaron's dad and four identical-looking women, all dressed in (laughs) matching yellow lab coats, all look like they're shooting a Devo music video. Oh my god. Dad is watching Aaron and Marty standing in the elevator through a security camera. He picks up an RC car controller and walks off 
while the women make notes on clipboards. The fuck is going on? It's all very weird. This is, this is one of those episodes that really like makes you wonder what is going on, which you know that's I mean, going effective. for it. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, finally back on Shock Street, the kids wonder where to go next. Dad, meanwhile, is watching them from behind a statue like a creep. Yeah, the statue where that one guy got to eat lunch, remember? Yeah, the famous lunch statue. Aaron notices Dad, and he walks out. He says, It's okay, I found them now, into a headset. Marty asks Aaron what he's going to do, but she says she doesn't know. Marty charges at Dad, and Dad presses a button on his controller. Marty stops moving and goes unconscious. Oh, shit. Aaron yells at Dad, asking what he did to Marty and what happened to her mother. <gasps> wow. She yells at him that he's evil. Just true. And then walks away, going, Let me go! Let me go! Let me go! What? And she, too, shuts down. She d- okay, so I watched this episode with Kim last night, and... I feel like I should give her this joke. She was like, man, she's, she shut down in a much more uncomfortable position than Marty did. She's a bad actress. <laughs> she doesn't have the training. <laughs> it's like how, you know, some people know how to, like, stage a fall to make it look real. Dad approaches the unconscious Aaron and pulls up her jacket, revealing a big power switch on her back. Dad flips it off. Then he speaks to his control room workers telling them all to report to Shock Street. Yeah. He says, like, all personnel, but it's, like, (laughs) just those four people in that room. Right, okay, so he says all personnel report to Shock Street, and Mm -hmm. they all get up, all four of them. Two of them leave to go to Shock Street, and then the other two identical women, like, look at their clipboards, and then they're like, nope, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Dad doesn't mention it. He's like, everyone, I need you here now. And half his entire workforce just decides, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't get that, but whatever. They don't mention (laughs) it. So we see those women walk out of the door that Dad told the kids not to go into before. Oh. The one that was presumably in their house, but is actually... Just a building on Shock Street. Okay. Dad tells the technicians that he knew there was a glitch as soon as they started talking about a mother. Mm -hmm. One of the women says, we never programmed them to think they had a mother. Uh, Okay. The other woman says, it's a shame. These robots were a good way to see if the ride was safe. That's dumb. (laughs) There are way cheaper ways to find that out. Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. If you think that the ride isn't safe and you have to send robots through it, probably not safe. Yeah. Let's call that one. You know, if you have to give the people guns to make it through <laughs> your ride, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Just uh, shut, shut her down. They pick up the two kid robots and carry them back to the workshop to see if they can fix them. Later on, we see the two kids standing immobile. But we see... Also, another set of kids on the other side of the room. Dad tells them, I'm going to call you Aaron 2 and Marty 2. Creative. Uh, He he created an entire new set of robots instead of just fixing the other ones because they thought they had a mom. Like, that's that's the big glitch. Like, Mm -hmm. oh man, they thought they had a mom. Crush them. Destroy them. Whole new models. Spend millions creating another... (laughs) One, instead of flashing their firmware or something and just be like, delete, 
mom memory. Yeah, mom.exe. Just delete it. Yeah. So dumb. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm not dad. He likes to spend money fruitlessly, I guess. I don't know. Dad goes to Marty 2 and messes with some gears and servos in his back. Marty 2 wakes up and starts, like, moving his hands and blinking his eyes. Pretty good, yeah. He tells the robot, I sure hope you'll be more durable than that last trash set of robots. <laughs> Those fucking losers who thought they had moms. Ugh, lame. Then we see the original Marty and Aaron power back up. They look at each other, then at Dad. Aaron walks up to Dad and says, I'd say you made us plenty durable. Marty Bot says, Durable enough for revenge anyway. Okay. <laughs> Dad reaches for his remote and says, But I thought I deactivated you. Marty Bot tells him, I guess there are some things you don't know about us aren't there. And Aaron Bot tells him, we don't want to be deactivated, do we, Marty? And he responds, No, we don't like that. We don't like <laughs> okay, that at all. Get on with it. <laughs> Aaron Bot tells Dad, Everything wants to live, even robots. <laughs> Dad screams, and that's the end of the episode. Okay, done. Whew, oh, man. How how much did you see that twist ending coming, Cortland? Uh, like, I don't know. I didn't see it coming at the beginning, I guess. And then, you know, obviously once they got deactivated, I was like, okay, yeah, they're gonna have an uprising. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, and uh, just glad it wasn't aliens for once. Nope, it's robots. If it was like, oh, this is our testing facility to, like, see what it would be like on Earth. Nah. <laughs> I, that is such an Arlstein ending. I can see that happening for sure. Oh, um, yeah. But man, no giant mantises. Right, there was not a single giant praying mantis. Really disappointed. And that is 100% due to the fact that they could not afford yeah. any kind of praying mantis special effects. But man, that would have been cool. Yeah, why make the episode if you can't if you can't deliver the cover at least? Well, the Goosebumps movie makes good on the giant praying mantises oh. at least okay all right that's cool yeah i'm really i'm gonna say i'm honestly pretty excited for the first goosebumps movie i have seen most of the second one and i'm not as excited for that one okay well the second one is not as good the first one is actually a good watch okay especially with all the references it's like it's like the super smash bros ultimate of goosebumps nice references i love it so how do you rate this episode, Cortland, overall? Uh, it was not, it's, I don't think it's bad. I mean, we kind of, we kind of smashed on it a bit because it's over and over again the same thing. But, mm -hmm. I mean, for a kid's show, pretty alright. I like the makeups, the special effects in it are okay. Um, it was alright. Yeah. Um. I wasn't bored, you know, watching it, which is a big thing. Yeah, I think this one's pretty middle tier. Like, it's not a bad episode. It's not one of the best ones, but the concept carries it pretty far. There is a lot of great props. Mm -hmm. It is very repetitive in that they're just moving from one spook to the next, which would probably work better if you were, you know, in an actual amusement park ride. Mm -hmm. And a uh, pretty decent twist. Yeah. I so agree. overall, I'd say it's pretty good, but, you know, not the best, but that's okay. There will be worse episodes. Oh, okay. But we'll get to that. Uh... Let's look at the cast for this one. Okay. So I'm not going to mention 
Ben Cook, who played Marty, because we've talked about him not okay. once but twice, because he's been in this episode or he's been in this show before. Yeah, we'll skip him. All right, so let's talk about Aaron because woof, she's total dog shit in this episode, <laughs> but maybe she uh, improved and uh, got better. So she, she is did. played by Brooke Nevin, and Brooke has. A shit ton of credits on IMDb. She does. She's been working. Yeah, girl is working. She's got like three credits just from this year. Yeah. And we're in April. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> I mean, obviously she grew up and to be a, a much better actress. We've actually seen her before, which I uh, was kind of surprised that we did because she was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, I did not recognize her either. So she played Danny in the episode The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge. Right, and I liked so, her in that episode. Um, yeah, a couple of years after this, and she wasn't bad in that. So just in the two years between this and that, she did get a lot better. And I will say that this episode of Goosebumps is her first role. Mm-hmm. So she's green. Yeah, she went on the up and up after this one, and good for her. But yeah, she got better. Uh, she was also in Tales from the Crypt Keeper. She's in an episode of Charmed. She was in Supernatural, The 4400, My Name is Earl, The League, How I Met Your Mother, NCIS. Just, you know, just all the things. All the stuffs, yeah. So, good for her, man. There's nowhere to go but up from where she was in this episode. So next we have Dad, Mm -hmm. Dr. Wright, played by Eric Peterson. And Eric... Also has a lot of credits. Sure Just does. a little bit more than uh, than Aaron does. It seems like he is most known for playing a character called Oscar in the Canadian classic TV series Corner Gas. I guess so, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things about it. Mm, okay, I haven't. So, he's Oscar. Uh, he was also in the TV series American Gods as the caretaker. Okay. Another show uh, I've wanted to see. Corner Gas also has an animated TV series, too, that he is in. Yeah. Like, Corner Gas is a thing. I guess so. I have to watch it now. Eric Peterson is also most known for his one episode of Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. That's where I knew him from. Yeah. See? trying to place it the whole time. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh my god, he was in both the Ewoks animated series and the Star Wars droids animated series from the 80s. Wow, okay, nice. So, he's amazing, is what I'm saying. And, uh... He was also the voice of Noble Heart Horse from the Care Bears. And that's pretty much everyone. Yeah, done. That's, uh, that's all the people? Um, Cortland, what is the moral of this episode? (sighs) Moral of the story... Bring guns everywhere. They're going to save your life. Until they let you down. Yep, until they break. not working. (laughs) There was two guns, though. Did they both stop working? That's what I was trying to figure out. When she ran back to the tram, did she only grab the one gun? Because only one gun gets used. Mm. And why did it stop working? Because it definitely worked on the creep. Don't know. I'll never know. No. The mantises stopped it from working somehow. Moral of the story, just overall. If you're going to put a mantis on the cover, deliver that fucking mantis. Jeez, what did they think they were pulling with that? You know everyone was looking forward to this giant mantis episode. Yeah, you, look, you pick up that Goosebumps book and you say, 
holy shit, there's a giant mantis on this one. I have to read it. Yeah, that's like making an episode called, like, How I Became a Giant Bee or something. <laughs> there's just no bees in it. I'm very interested to see how this differs from the book. I will wait until my Twitter guy lets me know. So yeah, that'll come okay. soon. Well, difference number one, there's giant there's mantis in the book. There's got to be a, a giant mantis in the book, right? Especially if oh, it's there, in the Goosebumps. Yes, there definitely movie. is. Okay. Definitely. The Like, the moral of the story... That they want to give, I guess, is that everything wants to live, even yeah, robots. Right. And then they want so, to kill, so I don't yeah. know, they just take it away. An environmental message from Arlstein. Yep. He says, once you make robots, they're going to take over the world, you folks. So don't do it. Yes. Don't play God, says Arlstein. Yep. Right out of the Arlstein's mouth. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, shocker on Shock Street. That's a dumb name kind of i mean most of the shocks didn't even happen on shock street they were in tunnels and underground arcades Mm -hmm. (laughs) a shocker like adjacent to shock street maybe yeah a shocker parallel to shock street yeah um how about no mantises inside (laughs) don't bother (laughs) this episode does not contain mantises it's a good one yeah it's robots. The episode. <laughs> Dad and his foursome of fembots. <laughs> and funnily enough, though, in the like in the credits, there's only two technicians listed, and I'm assuming that they're identical twins because their name are Karen Nickerson and Kelly Nickerson. Like you don't just no, name two girls Karen and Kelly if they're not twins, you know? No, they met each other that day filming. <laughs> yeah, right. They happen to look identical. <laughs> I got nothing else. Me neither. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Okay. What's next? Talked it all out. That's uh, that's season three, episode one. Done. Finished. We're on our way through Woo! season three. Yep. So, Corb. <laughs> oh, boy. What, Brandon? The next episode. <laughs> no. What is it going to be? I've been waiting for this moment the entire episode. Um, The next episode of Goosebumps, and you're going to have to look this cover up. Okay. It's called My Best Friend is Invisible. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let me look up this cover here for Oh, <laughs> you know what? I I do actually kind of remember Oh, this cover. I remember this cover a little bit. Uh Yeah. This is one of those covers that I would have picked up and I would have put back right down. <laughs> mhm. So What do you see? Okay, color-wise, orange, orange goosebumps writing with like a yellowish off tint for the the cover. The picture itself <laughs> is uh wow. Um it's a corner. Okay, imagine this. You're in the kitchen, you got like a corner um countertop with uh just a bunch of pink drawers everywhere. Nobody would put pink drawers in a house. No. Uh the drawers open that it leads to the silverware. There is a pizza box that's floating with, like, a pizza slice floating, too, and uh, a soda pop. So something has three arms, because you can't lift all those up. Maybe even four arms. I don't know. There's a cat that is on the countertop that is comically having its jaw drop open, looking at this (laughs) floating pizza. Uh, What the fuck is this? 
the tagline reads not seeing is believing okay well i'm not gonna take that you know opinion from a cat it can't talk (laughs) oh that cat that's why i remember this cover because that cat looks like shit yeah (laughs) it does not look dumb so what are we getting another another invisible episode why why well this one takes a little bit of a different path than the last one okay i don't understand what could be interesting about this one like the last one had some substance there you know evil mirror and stuff i'm sure that they're not going to do the evil mirror like i don't think that this is a sequel to let's get invisible no um i don't know man like a kid goes invisible and pranks the cat i don't (laughs) i don't get it what do you what do you think? You think he's going invisible? Where did he get these invisible powers? I don't know. Maybe he was invisible the whole time. I don't know. Hold okay. on, you just sent me a picture. <sighs> did you send that through Skype? Yeah. Oh, you just sent me the picture of the cover. <laughs> no, it's it's a different one. It's one of those ones where people change the words. Oh, yo, that cat looks fucked up. <laughs> Who cares about a floating pizza? Look at that cat's face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's my feelings exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so you think this guy just turned invisible and <laughs> punks this cat? That's, that's the that's story. That's a Goosebump story? Uh, yeah. I've, so <sighs> already in that. season three, I feel like we're scratching the bottom of the barrel somehow, <laughs> even though there's like 60 Goosebumps episodes or books that they can take inspiration from. Oh, they're all about invisible people and werewolves, Corlin. Oh my god, and mummies. <sighs> well, you know what, Brandon? I have high expectations because I think it's going to be hilarious. So I'm kind of looking okay. forward to it. Well, this this upcoming episode has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay, well, what did Shocker on Shock Street have? 6.8. Oh, so it's better than Shocker on Shock Street. Okay. Mm, no. But according to the IMDb rules, where everything good is rated low, like, yeah, it's better. Mm, Okay. Okay. All right. I'm done. Well, that's next week. My best friend is invisible. That's it for Shocker on Shock Street. Okay. Let's get out of here. I'm done. Yeah, I've been up all night. I will talk to you next week, Cortland. Sounds good. All right. See you later. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's what makes a shocker movie so good.